Hello everyone, and welcome to JTalk Extra Time. As usual, all of the latest J2 and J3 news is coming your way in just a moment. I'm John Steele, and here's a quick rundown of what you're going to hear in the show this week. In part one, James Taylor has a review of last Saturday's J2 action. There were five games in round 21 as the second tier season reaches the halfway stage. Then in part two, uh, I'll take over. I'll run you through the Sunday J2 games from the weekend, as well as touching on the Levan Cup action for... Shimizu and Iwata they uh, they played their final games of the group stage of this season's League Cup on Sunday so we'll talk about those part three is our kind of chat and analysis section I talked to uh, Lewis this week and we chatted about all things Tokyo Verde that's coming up in part three and if that wasn't enough after my chat with Lewis you have your usual J3 roundup uh, reviews and previews with Magic Mike Innes in J Talk Short Corner he's focusing on J3 round 14 from last weekend for you Okay, so yeah, an action-packed show, and uh, yeah, there's no time to waste. So uh, yeah, here comes James with a review of the Saturday J2 games. Hello everyone, James Taylor here with a roundup of the Saturday games from J2 round 21. Starting with the afternoon kickoff between mid-table sides Fujieda Mai FC and Ruasso Kumamoto. A first-half blitz from Kumamoto meant this one was done and dusted at the break. Yuki Omoto turned in Takuya Shimamura's cross after a quarter of an hour, then immediately from the restart, Shohei Aihara intercepted a pass in the Fujieda defence and played in Rei Hirakawa, who squared for Shimamura to double the lead. Aihara burst through and powered a left-footed shot past Tomoki Ueda in the 40th minute, and then in stoppage time, Shimamura won possession in the Fujieda half, put a through ball for Rimu Matsuoka, and Matsuoka rounded the keeper and held off a defender to make it 4-0 at half-time. And that's how it would end, despite Fujieda creating good chances in the second half. This ends Fujieda's four-game unbeaten run and keeps them in 13th. Kumamoto move up to 8th, three points off the playoffs, continuing their run of alternating wins and losses. Goals from Kaito Mori and Thiago Alves meant two of this season's surprise early strugglers, Tokushima Vortis and Monterio Yamagata, shared the points. Mori's goal came in the 61st minute from the penalty spot after Yoichiro Kakitani had been fouled by Ayumu Kawai. Mori now has 9 goals in 10 games. Alves' equaliser came in the 78th minute as he beat the offside trap to go in one-on-one with Jose Aurelio Suarez and score for the 6th consecutive match and 11th time this season. 1-1 the final score, so the team slipped down the table slightly, Tokushima to 16th, Yamagata to 12th. Oita Trinita's good run and Fagiano Okayama's poor run continued as Oita won 1-0 and cut the gap to leaders Machida to just 6 points. Oita started strongly with Katsunori Ueebisu shooting over and Masaki Yumiba seeing his shot blocked on the line by a teammate in the opening 10 minutes. Oita thought they'd taken the lead midway through the first half when Kazuki Fujimoto converted a cross, but his teammate Hiroto Nakagawa was offside as the ball went across the goal and he was deemed to have been interfering with play. No goal. The ball almost snuck in at the other end in first half stoppage time. Isa Sakamoto's shot making its way through the three defenders converging on him, under another who was in the process of getting up off the ground, just clipping the inside of the post and being cleared off the line. The game's only goal came in the 80th minute. Samuel passed to Sakamoto on the left side of the Okoyama area. His low cross was actually tipped onto the post by keeper Junki Kanayama's right hand, but it rebounded back off his head and in. Oita are unbeaten in five in the league now and stay second, while Okayama lose for the second successive game and drop to 11th. Bottom club Ormia Ardija's nightmare continued away to 4th place Vivar and Nagasaki. Goals either side of half-time, giving the home side a 2-0 victory. As often happens, Ormia went close to taking the lead in the 26th minute when Yutaro Hakamata headed onto the post, and Ormia's veteran keeper Yuta Minami saved well from Shunya Yonida on the half-hour mark. But Yonida got the better of Minami in the 44th minute, his shot from just inside the penalty area was deflected in by a defender. Edigard Jr. got the second three minutes into the second half, stooping at the near post to head in across from the left. A bad day in particular for Omiya defender Rio Omori. He deflected the ball in for the first goal and he failed to follow Edigard Jr. for the second goal. Omiya end the weekend seven points from safety. Nagasaki stay fourth. There was a big crowd at the Ishikawa Athletics Stadium to see 19th place Dergen Kanazawa take on 18th place Mito Hollyhock. Kanazawa were without top scorer Junya Kato, who was replaced by Koya Okuda. A fairly uneventful game came to life in the 40th minute 
when a long ball out of the Kanazawa defence was flicked on by Yuki Kajura and Masamichi Hayashi crossed for Kyohei Sugiura to deftly score his seventh goal of the season. Immediately after, Sugiura hit the post and the rebound was cleared, so it was 1-0 at half-time. Four minutes after the break, another long ball out of the Kanazawa defence was headed on by Sugiura in midfield to Takoyoshi Ishihara on the left, and his cross was met with another deft finish, this time by Okuda to make it 2-0. Mito gradually came into the game, and the influence of substitute Mizuki Ando was particularly noticeable. He had a shot straight at Zegen keeper Yuto Shirai soon after coming on. Kanazawa's defender Masaya Kojima was on hand in the 57th minute to clear a ball that was trickling towards the goal. A dipping 30-yard effort from Kajiura was tipped over by Mito goalie Ryusei Haruna, and after that, the chances were all Mito's. In the 77th minute, Shirai plucked the ball off Shoji Toyama's toes, but he could only watch a minute later as Ando evaded two Kanazawa defenders and scored from just inside the area. A minute after that, Shirai was at full stretch to parry a Toyama header. Then, in the 86th minute, Ando hit the outside of the post with a header, and in the first minute of stoppage time, Toyama also went close with the header, but Mito couldn't find the equaliser, and Kanazawa held on for their first win in six, and their first win over Mito since 2018. They rise to 15th, while Mito remain in 18th. That's all from me. Back to John for the rest of the weekend's action. Thanks for that, James. Hi, everyone. John Steele here again to run you through the Sunday action from J2 Round 21. And in Yamaguchi, it finished Yamaguchi 2, Sendai 0. Juan Esnaida's first home game in charge of Yamaguchi couldn't have gone much better. And after a positive start, the hosts took the lead midway through the first half. A long ball from the back from Keigo Numata found Shinya Yajima in acres of space just inside the Sendai box. And he controlled the ball and cushioned it into the net to give Yamaguchi the lead. Shortly after that, the recalled Sendai goalkeeper Yuma Obata, in for the much-maligned Akihiro Hayashi, made a smart reaction save from a Daisuke Matsumoto header as Yamaguchi threatened again. The big turning point in this game, really, was midway through the second half. Sendai sub Ho Yong Jun curled the ball just wide of the Yamaguchi post with the goal at his mercy. He should uh, really have uh, hit the target. And then the home side went up to the other end and scored their second goal, almost straight away. On a well-structured counter, a low cross from the right from Georgi Ikigami was collected by Kazuya Noyori, who took a touch to control the ball and then fired through goalkeeper Obata's legs on the angle from about six yards out. And that's how it finished. Yamaguchi 2, Sendai 0. Yamaguchi move up to 19th, five points clear of the relegation zone now. Uh, Sendai uh, are in ninth place. Iwaki and Jeff Chiba played out a nil-nil draw, so Yuzo Tamara's first game in charge of Iwaki ended with his side getting a point and a clean sheet. Uh, keep in mind it's Tamara's second spell in charge at Iwaki, of course. Jeff were in almost complete control here, and they'll be kicking themselves not to have won the game. They hit the woodwork twice in the second half. First, when a swirling cross from Taishi Taguchi deceived home goalkeeper Shuhei Shikano and came back off the post. And then late on, when substitute Hiroto Goya volleyed against the crossbar from about 12 yards. So, yeah, Iwaki nil, Jeff Chiba nil was the final score. Iwaki move three points ahead of bottom side Omiya, but are still four points adrift of safety. Jeff Chiba, meanwhile, a 17th, and they ended a three-game losing streak with this draw. At Kanseki Stadium, Machida Zelvia saw their lead at the top of the table reduced to six points, as they could only draw 1-1 with hosts Tochigi. The home side took the lead with a superb Kou Miyazaki header in the 27th minute in this game. He got on the end of an inch-perfect Kenta Fukumori cross and headed in uh, off the base of the post. Fukumori then nearly doubled Tochigi's lead with a superb free kick on the hour mark, but his effort from about 25 yards out hit the crossbar. With time running out for Machida, their Brazilian attacker Eric showed his worth to the team yet again, and he popped up with the equaliser in the 78th minute. He kept the ball alive on the edge of the Tochigi penalty area, played a neat 1-2 with Jan Mingyu, and then coolly slotted the ball past the onrushing goalkeeper Kazuki Fujita from about 12 yards. And that's how the game finished. Tochigi won, Machida won. So that leaves Machida six points clear at the top, as mentioned, and nine points clear of third place. With this draw, Tochigi actually drop a place in the standings to 20th. They're four points ahead of Iwaki and the relegation zone. 
at Ajinomoto Stadium, a pulsating game finished Tokyo Verdi 2, Gunma 2. Uh, there were chances for Verdi straight away in this game. Tetsuki Inami had a shot blocked by Gunma keeper Masatoshi Kushibiki with just over a minute on the clock. And then Koki Monita saw his low volley from the edge of the box deflected against the post. It was Gunma though who went ahead. On the half-hour mark, a free kick from out wide on the Gunma left uh, came into the Verdi penalty area and goalkeeper Mateus could only palm the ball out to the penalty spot. Ryo Kawamoto took full advantage and rifled the ball into the roof of the net. So Gunma 1-0 up uh, after about half an hour, but the home side levelled 10 minutes later with a stunning goal from Inami, who pounced on a loose ball on the edge of the Gunma box and sent a brilliant rising drive into the top corner from about 20 yards. Things then got even better for Verdi as they went ahead just before the break. After winning the ball back down the Gunma right, Goki Yamada played the ball infield to Yuji Kitajima. Yamada stayed onside and unmarked down the Verdi left, so Kitajima returned the ball to him and from just inside the penalty box, from an acute angle, Yamada fired across Kushibiki and into the side netting to make it Tokyo Verdi 2, Gunma 1. Right at the start of the second half, Hayate Take had a glorious chance to pull Gunma level, but he lifted his shot over the crossbar and that really should have done a little bit better. Take was involved in Gunma's equaliser in the 52nd minute though. Atsuki Nakayama cushioned a high ball into the Verdi box and Kazuma Okamoto and Take combined for Okamoto to sweep the ball in through Mateus's legs to make it 2-2. After that, both teams went all out for the win, and both goalkeepers were called upon to make some fine saves, in particular a world-class reaction stop from Mateus uh, from a powerful uh, volley from a corner. Uh, at the very end, Gunma survived a late flurry of Verdi corners uh, and were able to take a point back home, and it finished Tokyo Verdi 2, Gunma 2. Verdi are in third, nine points behind the leaders uh, Machida, whereas Gunma are tenth uh, and now without a win uh, in any of their last five matches. Really, really entertaining game at Ajinomoto. It was Tokyo Verdi 2, Gunma 2 at full time. Okay, I think that's all for the J2 action from uh, round 21 last weekend. Just time to run you through the action from the Levan Cup, uh, the, the League Cup, the group stage wrapped up with round 6 on Sunday. And uh, yeah, how did our two J2 representatives get on? Well, Shimizu came agonisingly close to reaching the knockout stage. Uh, they were one of three teams that finished with eight points in Group B, but were eventually eliminated. That's because they drew 1-1 at home to Urawa. Shimizu had one foot in the knockout round in the 33rd minute of this game when they went in front courtesy of a superb Koya Kitagawa strike. 20 yards from goal, he brilliantly placed the ball into the top left-hand corner of Zion Suzuki's goal to make it Shimizu 1, Urawa 0. But four minutes into the second half, Urawa got the equaliser that sent them through ahead of Shimizu and Kawasaki in Group B. After a challenge on the edge of the Shimizu box, the ball rolled loose into the penalty area for Takehiro Akimoto to sweep under the goalkeeper at close range. So disappointment for Shimizu as they exit the Levan Cup after a pretty good performance in the group stage it has to be said. But they have a golden chance to focus all their energy on a J2 promotion now. Elsewhere, already eliminated Jubilo Iwata enjoyed their last Levan Cup game of the season, eventually winning 3-2 away at Sapporo, uh, who, despite losing, uh, move on to the knockout stage anyway. Sapporo got off to a perfect start in this game with Lucas Fernandez curling them in front from about 16 yards in just the second minute. And that lead lasted until half-time, but Iwata made it 1-1 on the hour mark when Sapporo couldn't clear their lines from a right-wing cross Kosuke Yamamoto blasted Iwata level from just inside the penalty area. Sapporo though went back in front with a penalty in the 73rd minute. This was after Mahiro Yoshinaga brought down Kazuki Fukai inside the box. Fukai himself scored the penalty to make it Sapporo 2, uh, Iwata 1. But Iwata then scored twice late on to win the game. First, So Nakagawa used his heel to stylishly flick in a low right-wing cross to make it 2-2. That was in the 81st minute. And four minutes after that, a superb individual goal from Yosuke Furukawa saw the J2 side end their campaign on a high. He cut inside from the Iwata left and bent a lovely shot around the Sapporo keeper Gu sung to make the final score Sapporo 2, Iwata 3. Nice for Iwata to get a win to keep their J2 momentum going. And uh, yeah, they've been eliminated for a while now. Plenty of times to come to term with that from the Levan Cup. Uh, so I'm sure they're ready to focus uh, on their J2 campaign 
for the rest of the season. Okay, with all of the uh, weekend J2 and uh, J2 adjacent action taken care of, that's all from me for now, but please stay tuned. After a quick uh, musical sting, um, I got together to talk to Lewis, a Tokyo Verdi uh, supporter, about how the season's going for them so far in J2, and uh, we, we looked ahead to the weekend round 22 fixtures as well. So please stay tuned. Uh, here comes my chat with Lewis next. J2 Extra Time. Welcome back everyone, John Steele here again for some J2 uh, chat for the pod uh, this week and joining me to talk all things Tokyo Verde, it's a return to the pod for uh, Lewis. Uh, Lewis, how are you doing? Not bad mate, uh, thanks again for the invitation, um, uh, yeah, cheers for having us back on. Yeah, no problem, no problem. And uh, I think we owed you a, we owed you a repeat performance, uh, Lewis. After back in uh, early March, we uh, we did our best to, to talk about Tokyo Verdi nil, Kofu nil, didn't we? Aye. And, uh, yeah, we uh, we we made the mistake of kind of picking picking the games and, and picking the guests before before the games were played. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no no such problem uh, this week because uh, it was a bit of a bit of a cracker, wasn't it? I've, I've, uh, I always like to use the word pulsating in my notes wherever mm. possible. So I thought the game the game at Ajinomoto on uh, uh, the weekend, Tokyo Verdi 2, uh, Gunma 2, I think pulsating is a pretty fair description of, of the match. And I, uh, the, the listeners will have heard me sort of run through the nuts and bolts of the, the game already, uh, Lewis, but I know you were there in the stadium. So yeah, Tokyo Verdi 2, uh, Gunma 2, how, how was it for you on the day? Hi, it was decent. Um, I've been, I've been, I've been bumping my gums for a while now about the, the kind of like the, the lack of a cutting edge at Verde, um, because we've there's a quite a few games uh, we've had we've had a few excruciating nil nils. Kofu uh, wasn't wasn't the end of that, and there's a few games that we've lost on the basis of being unable to score, um, despite having the bulk of possession. So it it was it was actually decent, even though it was kind of probably the worst defensive performance of the season. Uh, in terms of spectacle, it was actually quite enjoyable. I quite enjoyed the game, and I thought we were probably a little bit unlucky not to win. Although although um, they will probably argue the same thing, um, actually, because there was a couple of points when we looked a little bit a bit a bit ragged in the back line. Uh, but overall, yeah, I thought it was a, a decent, probably probably just a bit of fair result, but but a decent a decent game to watch. No, I think that's very true. I think I um, we, we talked about this a little bit before, before we started recording. I, I had the game on in the background while I was kind of doing stuff, uh, family mm. stuff at home. So I, I kind of got the sense, it felt like a bit of a, a game that could have gone either way. Uh, yep. uh, and then when, when I'm watching a game like that and I'm a neutral, it always feels like, this might be a bit of a, a cop-out, but it always feels like a draw is a, a, a fair result. I think both, both teams could have won it, yeah. um, but that might have felt a bit harsh on, on either uh, on on either side, I think. I don't know. Aye. So, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. Kind of end to end stuff, as, as the old cliche goes. But yeah, I, I think I think that's probably reasonable. I think like Verdi set up differently last few games. I think one of the one of Joe Hooker's strengths is 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 he's actually better than the last two managers. He's actually quite decent at spotting the deficiencies and actually trying to actively do something about it. He's probably a couple of games late. Um, but he has kind of slightly shifted the system, uh, maybe drastically shifted the system from a 4-3-3 to 4-4-2. And that's made quite a lot of difference. I think just having that outlet of two forwards plus wingers in front of the two midfielders has, has made a huge amount of difference mm-hmm. uh, in terms of their actual ability to create chances and create chances from different uh, positions as well. Mm-hmm. Previously, it was just c- constantly recycling the ball across the midfield, out to the wings, into the box, nobody there, across the midfield. And it was just that kind of on repeat. And we were getting nothing from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas now, yeah, players who I've been extremely critical of, including Morita, uh, now actually have a little bit of an outlet. They look, they, they, they collect the ball, they look forward, they see Yamada dropping deep, uh, looking to collect. They'll have Vasquez out on the right, uh, and they'll have various uh, various wingers on the left. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's much... It's only a couple of games, two or three games they've been running the system, but it is it's it's hugely, hugely more um, more enjoyable to watch uh, as a supporter. Mm, yeah, I think I'm uh, having to eat humble pie about um, Mr. Jofuku because I, I don't think I was particularly enthusiastic <laughs> when he was appointed, and that was based on his record of pretty dour football sure. in in uh, previous jobs. But uh, yeah, I find Verdi are a very uh, interesting and entertaining team to watch. Another thing we were talking about just briefly was how. I sometimes imagine what I would be doing if I was an opposition coach coming up against mm. uh, Verdi, and it's very difficult to kind of pinpoint how to stop them from playing. Like, I, I don't think anybody's really been able to actually kind of shut them down completely, right? Because they have so many good 
uh, in inverted commas footballers like you mentioned the way they can cycle the ball around it, it's hard mm. to get it back when 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 they take it off you and mm. and mm. things like that so yeah do, do, do you go along that very quite a difficult team to, to play against it feels like um to an extent, yeah, I think at the beginning of the season, um, I think Verdi traditionally do this as well. They kind of start off very strongly at the beginning of the season. Um, and we did, I remember like the, the Fuji had the 5-0 away game and it was just, they, they had a terrible game, but they absolutely tanned them. It was five going on ten. And I think initially a lot of teams did really, really struggle to, to deal with just the, 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 um, the kind of dynamism with the front three. But quite quickly, I'll be honest, um, even relatively weak teams, like teams like Iwaki and stuff, kind of worked out that if you really want to stop us from scoring, you just pack their box. Mm. Because we've got, we, we had like one man in there, was like Sakano or something like that, or Kawamura. And they're players that don't do well as, as single, uh, as lone strikers, lone forwards. Um, so we did kind of fall away from that a little bit. Um, but what I think has happened this, over these last two or three games is that we've shuffled it a little bit, and and realised that 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 system needs to have a have a, a plan B, and I think that's what's what we've seen in the last few games. Um, so there's a frustration. I think it's, it's six games now. They've not got a win at home. Mm. Um, but I, at that last home game that I came away from, I felt a little bit buoyed by it. Actually, it's probably the best mood I've come away from in recent games. Um, it felt. A little bit like there is, you know, there is there there is a there is an option now. There is a, there is a system in place, and I think we're still in a quite. We're obviously in a very good position um, in in the league, so I, I've got a little bit more hope. The the, the only downside is that, that we do look a, look a little bit less um, compact and focused in defence, um, mm. but we're not playing probably with the first choice back line. Mbihara has been out for a little bit recently. Uh, Fukuzawa, who's the other right back and a good one, is now being played at left back, and he looks a little bit less comfortable there. Um, mm. uh, Taniguchi's back, which is good, um, but uh, Tyra's been out for a while, and the other guy on loan from Kashima, mm. um, Hayashi, he's been out for a while as well, and that'd probably be your preferred centre halves. Um, but we had a little bit of rotation. With uh, Chida and um, uh, Yama, Yamatoshi, I think his name is. Mm. Um, Yamakoshi, sorry, Yamakoshi, mm. um, who would probably not be my first choice. So we do look a little bit shakier in the back line uh, than before, but but overall, I think you know, like if if we're, if we're not scoring, we're not winning either. Mm. Um, so I'm 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 quite happy with the way it's looking at the moment. And we, as we were saying before, we started recording. Um, if anybody told me that halfway point in the season we'd be third with three points off an automatic place, I would uh, I would have bitten your hand off for it. So, I am I'm I'm I'm, I'm quite content these yeah. days. Well, let's let, let's talk about uh, that then, uh, Lewis, because you mentioned obviously you know glancing at the league table, we, we're mm. at the halfway point now with 21 games uh, gone and Verdi a third. And mm. uh, yeah, they're, they're quite a way behind the leaders. Machida, I think the gap's mm. nine points, but they're well within touching distance of Oita in in second. Mm-hmm. Um, is that um, well, I guess from what you just said, this is a this is a silly question, but that's that's better than what you would have expected at the start of the season, perhaps. Like everything's going uh, going swimmingly, isn't it? But more, you know, overall, yeah, yeah, it, it is. Like um, I'm 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 not I'm not shy of a, of a right good moan. Anybody who follows me on Twitter will know that <laughs> I do love a, I do love a, a moan, but um, and I have <laughs> despite despite the position but but yeah I, I honestly given the budget constraints as well I think I think Martin Spivey had a tremendous bit of uh, research he did um, Verdi seemed to be a roughly like 12th 13th in terms of uh, actual uh, playing budgets mm-hmm. um, so given that I, I suspect it'll be roughly the same this season um, given that I, I really don't see how we could look at Verdi's current position and say that um like anybody can be particularly unhappy about it, mm. um, and and at the beginning of the season we complained about the, the, the front line, and that kind of has come home to, to roost a little bit. But I think again, there is a there's a bit there's kind of a proactive approach to that as well. Um, they're already trying to strengthen the kind of creative side of, of things. They've got uh, Koda, a young young 19 year old on loan from uh, Grampus, um, sniffing about uh, William Lira as well. Uh, ex-Kofu striker so I feel like 
the, it's it's nice that the club kind of see it in the same way as as the fans do, and they are taking proactive steps towards it. Yeah. Um, for improving that. So yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. I'm, I'm quite happy. I'm quite yeah. excited. I have to be honest. Like I, I keep a close eye on which teams are where in the league table, but I don't mm. always look at like the goals for and goals conceded necessarily. Mm. And uh, yeah, I was really uh, surprised preparing for for the chat with you tonight. I think Verdi have got the second best defense, haven't they, behind uh, Machida? I think Machida have conceded twelve and Verdi fourteen. So if you'd asked me, yeah. you know, I, I think I probably could have guessed Machida had the best uh, defense since they're mm. they're you know sort of clear. Six points clear at the top, but Verdi being sort of second best defensive record, that's uh, yeah, that's very impressive, especially considering you mentioned they had a lot of rotation at centre back. So yeah. Uh, yeah, we should probably give some credit to the the goalkeeper, right, Matthias, who is uh, going from yeah. from strength to strength. Yep, he's having a tremendous season. Um, I, I'd say he's the the informed keeper on J two at the moment. I think he's I think he's, he is the highest. I think he's got eleven clean sheets um this season um i think uh, pop at zelvi has got the, the second highest but he's had a tremendous season and he's and he's almost definitely saved us you know about uh, about 10 points or so this season with some of the some of the saves he's pulled off um he's had a, he's had a great season mm. um um I, 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 if we don't get promoted i i would hope we, we keep him because i think he'd be a good shout for j1 mm. um so i yeah, it's, it's been really good. Yeah, he doesn't doesn't make many mistakes, does he? Mm. There, was one, there was one save in particular in this game, uh, the the game against Gunma Lukin. I'm still not really sure how he managed to save mm. it. There was an absolute, I think it was from a corner. Gunma someone just belted. You know, when a player connects yeah. with the ball perfectly, yeah, and it just seemed to be heading like into the, the into the back of the net, and he just managed to not only get to it but hold on to it, kind of on the goal line. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I'm still not really sure. I watched that a couple of times, but because just because of the speed the ball is travelling, I'm not sure how good. A save it it actually was, but um, it was be it was amazing. That it was able to hold on to the ball. I think, and yeah, not, not just palm it back out into bed. I suppose he perhaps um, if if you've been hypercritical, um, the first goal, um, mm. he perhaps could have done a bit better with the the, the, the cross that came into the box. But I think also uh, he was a bit under under protected by the defenders in front of him on that. On that, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think I, I think generally like crossing is probably one of his stronger points, and, and it was short stop, and it tended to be maybe a bit of the issue. I think beginning of the season he conceded one to Oita, um, which I think maybe he could have done better at. Um, but but overall, I think he's he's kind of strengthened all, all parts of his game. Um, maybe distribution, maybe maybe the kind of poorest of it. But but overall, I think yeah, I think he's a, a very much informed keeper mm. of J two at the moment. Well, there's been um, you know considering that you know obviously Verdi are up in third and had a, a really good first half of the season. I think better. Uh, better than most watchers would have uh, would have mm, predicted. I, I know definitely. people of a, a Verdi persuasion might be uh, might might have expected uh, you know a bit of strong start, but I, they're certainly doing better than I thought. Are there mm. any other players that have really caught your eye um, this season? And you were mentioning some potential strengthening in the form of like William Lira coming in up front, for example. That's been rumored heavily mm. um, in the last couple of years. But how about the? Um, you know, with Tokyo Verde, is always the kind of uh, omnipresent threat of players going out of yeah. the other doors. Is there anyone who we uh, we should be keeping quiet about so that they don't get picked up in the, the upcoming um, transfer window? Or good, good question. Um, looking at that, lot, I, I don't feel like there's anybody. Taniguchi, I would say, the hero Taniguchi, the, the the center half, I would say would probably be the the, the most likely to move on. Um, I feel like some of the others, um, maybe that it's a little bit too soon for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is um, Yamada Goki's breakthrough season. Um, I can't remember which university, but I think he was at uni last season. Um, and he's done pretty well since he's come in. Um, maybe it's like a couple, a couple of goals, but he's not had many starts. Um, so I, I, I kind of feel like beyond Taniguchi, maybe Fukuzawa and Kato Ren, who we've, we've talked about before, Mm. Um, but I think Taniguchi would probably be the, the the most likely to to be ready for a big step up. Mm. Okay. Um, beyond that, in terms of decent performances, Miyahara. Um, but I don't, I can't remember. He's twenty seven, so maybe he might have another shot back up in J one. Um, he's probably been a rather kind of standout. He just he looks like a, like a class above. Mm. I think he just mm. he just strolls it. Well, I think he was in the uh, El Golazo, which is a you know Japanese kind of football football newspaper. I think they did a kind of um, J two team of the mm. half season, which we if James and I have time on the pods in the next couple of weeks, we want to talk about more if we can. Mm. But we there's so much, so many actual fixtures <laughs> to get through mm. that we don't always have time. But I think uh, Miyahara was the 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 only Verdi player in that kind of. Best eleven, I think. 
could could be yeah. like yeah. The, the ones that they I don't know if it was the same magazine, but the, the ones that they highlighted were, were Miyahara and and Matthias. Ah, um, okay, maybe Matthias as, as well. Okay, as, okay. I'm not sure he was in the the, the team of the oh, he, team of the team of the he, whatever he was men- mentioned mentioned in dispatches. Yeah, kind of exactly. Can he was like part of the the, the Verdi profile kind of thing? Is mm. the, the two like A rated uh, mm. of the of, of Verdi season so mm. far? I think so. Mm. It, it kind of checks out. Yeah, I think that that is one of. Um, Another one of Verdi's strengths is I don't think there is a, in inverted commas, star player mm, um, yeah. who you would come kind of like for a big club to kind of come in and swoop and take away. Like um, I have to mention your Carm FC every week on the pod, mm-hmm. even though they're injured. So, but if you if if you were a scout and you were asked to recommend the Carm FC players, Kokiogawa, he's head Aye. and shoulders above. But <clears throat> when it comes to Tokyo Verdi, it's a bit more. Um, I think it's a bit more of a team effort, isn't it? I mean, but I think Byron yeah. uh, Byron Vasquez tends to catch my eye. I don't know if it's because he's got the foreign name or mm. um, he's suddenly he's, uh, a lot of his hair's turned silver randomly. Yeah, um, he's like which, a bit like he's been like George Michael at the moment. Yeah, he's, he's like, like the, he's been. He looks yeah. like one of these characters that's been aged up with CGI for a movie. Uh, like Tom yeah. Cruise. I was thinking like Tom Cruise in Collateral is where I, my mind uh, went. Yeah, but I think he was a bit unlucky not to get a penalty. I thought at the weekend. I don't know. If yeah, you, I don't know how you sit behind the goal, don't you, Ajinomoto? So I perhaps do, not the yeah. best. For you, but he got absolutely uh, clattered um, ah. when a player, uh, Gunma player, sort of went up for yeah. a header and, and flattened him. And I'm not really sure. Like, the I was the only one that called for that. And uh, where, where I was sitting, I was the only one that called for it. I was, I, I thought that I thought it was a stone waller. But, uh, but I think when I was watching it live, I yeah. Well, I was watching it live, and I just kind of thought, is that not? There's nothing okay, but uh, no, nobody. Mm. Yeah, like I said, the players didn't seem to react much. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, it might be a British, might be a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might be a pen- penalty in Scotland, but a play on, <laughs> play on here. I don't know. Yeah, mm. yeah, fair enough. But yeah, I think it's been a great, uh, great f- first half of the season, mm. uh, Lewis. No two ways about that. What, what are you, um, what, what are your kind of hopes and dreams for the the second half of the, the campaign? So 21 games to go, and uh, everything's kind of coming up roses at the moment. What do you? Um, what do you want to happen over the next 21 matches and what, what do you think will happen? What I don't want to happen is the traditional second enormous uh, dip that we tend to experience every year. Um, it's that would I think that would kill us a little bit. We'd still probably have an outside chance of a playoff, but like but last season, I think we were like seven games on, on like without a win and maybe like only one draw or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really hope we don't do that. And just just generally, I don't feel like it's the same type of um, mentality wise weak team. So mm-hmm. I kind of feel like we're probably less likely to experience that this season. Naturally, I hope. We are there and thereabouts for the second position, and as we were talking before the pod, um, it's a pretty, um, it's a pretty um, everything to play for type mm. group at the moment. Um, there's some strong teams that I think are finally coming through. Uh, the two um, Shizuoka teams, I think, two of the three Shizuoka teams are coming through now mm. in Iwata and Shimizu. So I think they'll be there and thereabouts. Um, but I again, I think it kind of falls into what you were mentioning. I think Verdi are greater than the sum of their parts. So I, I hope that we're still in with the kind of shout. But now I think, like minimum, I would be disappointed if we didn't get a playoff spot. Mm, mm. Yeah, um, I think at that, this stage, that that sounds uh, yeah. like a reason, reasonable uh, hope, reasonable expectation, but mm. also tin, tinged with uh, yeah, with with realism as well. So that's a good, mm. yeah, a good, a worthy, uh, yeah, good, good answer. I think. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I think I mentioned. I think you're right. I kind of sense that there might be a, a bit more of a challenge from the sort of you know the chasers. Uh, in the, the 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 remaining twenty one games, so I think you mentioned most of my picks. Well, Iwata, Shimizu, Kofu uh, are all going to be sort of breathing down Verdi's neck on. I'd even give perhaps a Yamagata an outside shout um, with yeah. how they've been playing. I believe we, we might talk about them more in a moment because I think they're they're going head to head, aren't they? Yamagata yeah. and Verdi yeah. at the, the weekend. So um, yeah. yeah, but it's all to play for, and I think. Um, a bit like with Kumamoto last year and, and other teams in, in previous seasons, you've, you've kind of done so well to sort of manoeuvre yourself into this position mm. um, at the halfway point because J2 is a bit of a marathon. You, you know, the, the oh, sort yeah. of 42 games is a lot. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think it's it, it would be a shame if kind of all the hard work mm. uh, from the first half of the season is, is undone. But I, I kind of am I'm, uh, siding with you on this, Lewis. I don't think, it, I don't think the hard work will be undone. And I think top... Uh, kind of top six finish, not beyond this team at all. And if they can get a couple of reinforcements in up front, mm-hmm. um, target man, for example, like you were yeah. saying, where they've been been a bit short clearly uh, in the first half of the season, and that that could um, catapult them uh, to the next level, really, couldn't it? So, uh, 
be I oh, wolf springs eternal no, <laughs> I've gone a bit I've gone a bit too positive I'm trying to rein, rein, rein myself in okay listen Lewis on, on that note if if you're okay is there any other verdi like any other business any sort of flag flag complaints or you know, not to... the flags are still okay. flying uh, mm-hmm. the flags are all looking tremendous um, no 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 other that's big good. that's good no still easy big... uh, ingress and egress from Ajinomoto still st- fairly straightforward uh, 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 yeah okay yeah I know we, we still got the the, the big uh, the Emperor's Cup game coming up the, the derby against FC Tokyo so, yeah second half of the season plenty to look forward to so uh, yep. yeah ho- hopefully yep. we can we can get you back on and it's another another banging game to talk about and uh, yeah the, the nil nils yep. the nil nils are a thing of the past Indeed. okay so Luce, while I've got you if you don't mind could you um, mm. so that I'm not talking to myself and boring the listeners can you help me with a bit of a preview of the the weekend games in, uh, in J2 that have come up. Yeah, so thanks. So uh, round 22 is upon us, right? So the, the start of the, the second half of the season, uh, if you will. And uh, it's one of my favourite times of year because most of the games switch to evening uh, kickoffs now for, for mm. the summertime uh, heats up. So let's talk about the games coming up on Saturday. That's mm-hmm. June the 24th. Um, having just said that most of the games are in the evening, there is one at 2pm. <laughs> it's uh, Akita against Fujieda, so 14th against the 13th. A couple of teams that kind of seem to be settling into mid-table um, quite nicely. Then uh, plenty of big games at, at six o'clock. We have the leaders, uh, Machida going away to 18th place Mito and fifth place Kofu hosting uh, Okayama at the JIT Recycling Stadium. But there are a couple of absolute bangers at the bottom of the table uh, here, uh, Luis. We have Tochigi against Yamaguchi. So that's the 20th place team hosting 19th. And uh, we can't really look anywhere else uh, other than the, the next game for our big boy, big boy football cameras. Omiya against Iwaki. So the two teams in the relegation zone are uh, bottom, hosting second bottom. Uh, I think there's a, a lot we can talk about in that game. And then at 7pm, there are three more matches uh, yes, Yamagata hosting Tokyo Verdi. So the third place team go to the 12th place, but bang in form, Yamagata. Jeff Chiba against Oita. So that's second place going to 17th. And Nagasaki hosts Kanazawa. So fourth hosting 15th um, as well. Uh, Lewis, what, what are you thinking about those games on the Saturday slate? I'm sure there's a couple you you, you want to comment on. Uh, yeah, um, I think like the, the standout is uh, your, your classic uh, basement six-pointer. Uh, maybe it is, I don't know if it's too early to call it a six-pointer, but I feel like, yeah, Omi at Iwaki is the, the, the big one. You do feel a little bit... So I think Harasaki, the new manager, has not had a win yet, I think. Mm. Um, and Iwaki got a new guy in. Tamura or something like that. Yes, he's a new uh, meet the new boss. I think he's a former boss, isn't he? Coming oh, back, he? so yeah, okay. yeah, it's uh, okay. yeah, a bit of a weird one. But uh, yeah, nice. go on. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I think that's probably the one to watch. And you, you do feel a little bit like if if Ophomia can't start picking up points against the teams around them, then they're, they're then they're a little bit a little bit gone at that point. Um, there's still obviously half the season to go, so it's it's not terminal, but it, it doesn't look good at that point. Um, the other basement one was uh, Tochigi Renofa. Yeah, I think uh, maybe this is the, the kind of. It's neither had a pretty good result last week. Uh, they beat somebody. Who did they beat? Mm. Uh, Yamaguchi. They beat uh, oh, Sendai. Yeah. yeah, they beat Sendai. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Two 0 yeah. yeah. So yeah, they they could maybe pick up, start picking up a few points there. Maybe they can new manager bounce. Um, so yeah, I think that the bottom, the bottom is where I'll be looking, uh, and I'll obviously be looking at the, the teams around Verde as well. Um, I think our game will be decent. I think Yamagata are on quite a decent run, like five games unbeaten at least. Mm. Um, so I think that will be a really tough one, and again, quite a, probably a kind of good, a good uh, opportunity to see this, to see if Joe Hugo continues the four four two. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think that the bottom of the table is probably the most exciting in terms of like neutral games to, to keep an eye on mm. uh, yeah no I, I totally oh sorry go ahead yeah I totally no, no, agree. Go, go ahead go ahead no that was basically that was basically okay <laughs> oh in that case I, I completely concur yeah I think um, yeah Omia I mean you mentioned the, the phrase six pointer I think that's perfectly valid because I think they're about seven seven points adrift of safety aren't they even though they're, they're mm. quite close to Iwaki so if they fail to win I mean obviously one of Tochigi and Yamaguchi is going to get points mm. uh, possibly mm. both you mm. know if they draw so Omia yeah they really need to um I, I'm not going to win any uh, any awards for this kind of analysis, but uh, yeah, they, they start winning soon. Uh, it's going to be uh, going to be in big trouble on in if you can't beat Iwaki at home. Um, yeah, problem problems will will mount. Yeah, okay, we couldn't uh, beat them either. No, well, well, like that's it. Yeah, but you, you you picked up a lot of points from other games though. Which is, but, it's not yeah, so yeah. bad. Um, <laughs> okay, well, uh, how about the Sunday uh, games then, uh, Louis? So uh, June the twenty fifth. So there's one game at uh, six p.m. So it's Sendai against Tokushima, ninth place against the uh, sixteenth. 
then at 7pm, a game that I think looks pretty uh, enticing, Kumamoto uh, hosting Iwata. So that's 8th place uh, hosting 6th, but Kumamoto have been on a bit of a tear recently and have suddenly kind of found themselves or, or propelled themselves kind of into the playoff conversation, I feel. So that could be a good game. And then at 730 uh, the, the graveyard slot, I think, for a Sunday, Sunday night. Gunma against Shimizu. So Gunma in 10th uh, right now, but hosting 7th place. There. Shimizu, who are you know an explosive team, but out of form uh, kind of suddenly in the last month or so. So I think that'll be a, a, an interesting game as well. Um, what do you think about Kumamoto uh, against Iwata, uh, Lewis? Yeah, I think that'll be... like They kind of disappeared off the radar a little bit. I think that, that was the team that everyone kind of worried a little bit about because they were, they were so good last season that they, mm. they naturally got absolutely plundered. Um, but it's quite... I, yeah, they've got a really nice setup. Um, I went down there last season for an utterly miserable defeat. Um, and they've got a really good setup. And yeah, it's quite good to see them doing well, I think. Um, and I think, yeah, I think they're quite a good team to watch mm. uh, as well. I think all, all, all of those... Games actually, um, Gunma Kumamoto, Shimizu, and um, Iwata will be uh, decent watches. Mm. Actually, I think they'll be, I think they'll be good ties. Yeah, I think Sendai is an interesting one because obviously they're not really uh, hitting the heights as expected uh, this season. Mm. So I think the managerial teams come in under some some pressure. Obviously, if you, if you lose against Yamaguchi, you're kind of automatically under pressure. I think yeah. no matter who you are. So that's yeah. a good game for them. And Tokushima, you know, the, the results weren't great in the first sort of two or three months, but some of their football is very. Um, good in inverted commas you know they, they, they do play very attractive style mm. i wouldn't be surprised to see them uh, i don't know i don't know if they're making it to the playoffs at this point com- coming from you know being bottom for a while at the start but they're definitely going to be okay i think now mm. and um yeah they, they play a kind of brand of football which is a bit like verdi they're very good at keeping the ball and mm. it's very difficult to if they're in the mood it's very difficult to get the ball back mm. and uh, it's hard to stop them playing so yeah tokushima sendai uh, oh i should say sendai tokushima that has the potential to be an interesting game as well um, yeah i think yeah uh, Luis, i just mentioned real quick uh, be, before that you uh, re- re- retire for the night that we do have some uh, bonus midweek uh, j2 action coming up as well uh, next wednesday uh, june the 28th because the the two uh, shall we say the two big uh, Shizuoka teams? I think that's fair, fair enough. Mm. Not, not offending anybody uh, in Fujiedo, I don't think. But they, um, yeah, the two big teams from uh, from Shizuoka, they had their games in round twenty one held over because they they were in a Levan Cup group stage action at that time. So their games from round twenty one uh, are coming up on Wednesday, June the twenty uh, eighth. So at seven pm, it's at Shimizu hosting Akita. So at the moment, it's seventh against fourteenth, but that that will change obviously depending on what happens at the weekend. And a uh, Iwata against Kofu is the other Wednesday night game. So sixth place uh, against fifth as it stands as we uh, as we are talking now. So I think that has the potential to be a big game. Could be a big week for Iwata if they can get six points from Kumamoto and, and Kofu. Yep. No, definitely. I'll be I'll be praying for draws <laughs> for that one. But yeah, I think that's that's a really interesting one to see. I think if the, any of these teams began to pick, pick begin to pick up a bit of momentum, um, I think that there's absolutely no reason. I mean, just looking at it now, there's ten points between third and fourteenth. Uh, mm. So yeah, I think that's like a really it's a really tight uh, tight pack, and I think yeah, yeah and, and it's anybody's for the taking. I that's... think it's quite exciting. No, I agree. And I, I, don't, I don't know why I leaned uh, so heavily into Iwata potentially getting six points in four days because Shimizu could e- equally do the mm. same because they've got Gunma away and, uh, and Akita at home. So they, mm. they, they, could, they could be the team getting six points and sort of like forcing themselves into the into the top six um, mm. going into the second half of the season. So yeah, I'm, I'm expecting a strong challenge from both of those sides sort of um, over the next month, couple of months. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see who... Uh, who can kind of hold on in there in the top six at the moment? Because I think there is a potential for a couple of teams to get squeezed out and be replaced by teams that are kind of coming up. And uh, yeah, maybe Kumamoto in that conversation as well at the moment, aren't they? So uh, yeah, 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 definitely. Okay. All right, um, Lewis, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for coming on and uh, and chatting with me. And thank you for your um, uh, yeah. You we, we didn't really plan this very well in advance. I kind of sent out the bat signal uh, last minute. So thank you for ans- answering the call. Very uh, welcome. Yeah, Anything? struggling, struggling into the uh, the spandex. <laughs> um, for a, an, an emergency pod uh, pod appearance, so yeah, feel yeah. for spandex. No, <laughs> well, me, me, me too, me too. Yeah. Well, look, if if Masatoshi Kushibiki can get away with the spandex, I think we, I think we've got a chance. He must be, he's in his late thirties, isn't he? So, uh, all right. Once we start talking about, um, yeah, Masato, Masatoshi Kushibiki's spanks, it's time to, uh, time to back it in. I think, Lucy. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming on, mate. It's re- really appreciated and good, good to chat. 
definitely and, uh, thank you yeah hopefully we can have you back on uh in due course and we're, we're talking about another kind of pulsating verdi uh performance and uh yeah playoff place being uh secured or at least um you know looking looking even more likely than it does now but um yep. yeah i don't want to jinx it so i'll, I'll leave it there I think. <laughs> yeah, thanks thanks a lot lewis okay um, okay, well, I think that's all from me and Lewis uh, for now. But uh, yeah, as always, please stay tuned because uh, after a quick uh, musical interlude, um, all of the J3 uh, latest is coming up in J Talk Short Corner. Uh, Mike, the magic Innis has that for you. So uh, yeah, please stay tuned. J Talk Extra Time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to J Talk Short Corner, the mini pod that keeps you up to date with events in J3 of the J League. I'm your host, Mike Innes, and in this episode, I'll be looking back on fixtures in round 14 of the J3 season, as well as previewing the round 15 matches coming up this weekend. Before I review the round 14 games, just to jump back to last Wednesday, the 14th of June, when AC Nagano Parseiro played Vissel Corbe in their Emperor's Cup second round tie. At the Neuwehr Stadium, Nagano went behind to a 13th minute penalty awarded for handball in a goalmouth scramble. It was 2 0 on the half hour with a header from a corner, although Parseiro pulled one back in first half stoppage time by the same means. Tedu Andor's corner kick, powerfully dispatched by Yasufumi Nishimura. Vissel rounded off the scoring in the 64th minute, an angled finish following an attack down their left-hand side. Final score, Corbe 3, Nagano 1, and Parseiro's interest in the tournament comes to an end. Now on to the league, and there were five games on Saturday the 17th. Leaders Katare Toyama put on an assured attacking performance that helped them to three points at Iwate Guruja Morioka. Katare's mobility and width caused Guruja problems throughout, and the visitors hit the woodwork on two occasions in the first half through Daichi Matsuoka and Yoji Sasaki. Then, in the 51st minute, the team's man of the moment, Sasaki, scored his third in four games to put Toyama in front, a near-post finish from Shosaku Yasumitsu's cutback. Soon afterwards, it was 2-0. Another goal created down the Toyama left, Sasaki feeding Tsubasa Yoshihira, who advanced on exposed homekeeper Kenta Tanno and scored with a comfortable finish. Guruja did pull one back on 68 minutes. Miyu Sato's 20-yard shot picking up a horrible deflection off Hiroya Sueki that took it past the wrong-footed Tomoki Tagawa. 11 minutes later, things got very interesting as Katare right-back Musashi Oyama was shown a second yellow card for an innocuous shirt tug on Sato, giving away a penalty as he did so. Sato himself took the spot kick, but Tagawa dived low to his left and pulled off a brilliant save to claim maximum points for his team. Final score, Iwate 1, Toyama 2. After a promising start to the season, Yoshiga Matsubara's Gruja are slipping away and they're now down in 14th. A first away win in two and a half months for Michiharu Otagiri and Katare, who retain their position at the top of the table. Young Australian striker Ben Duncan is looking an astute signing for Ehime FC. He scored his fourth league goal of the season to give the Mighty Mekans a 60th minute lead in the third against fourth clash at home to Nana Club. A clearance by visiting keeper Arnau was controlled in midfield by Asahi Yada, who fed Duncan for a composed finish from 15 yards. Duncan may most obviously offer an aerial threat, but on recent evidence, he brings a lot more than just that. Earlier in the game, Hayato Asakawa had missed a couple of half chances for Nana. After a great start to the year, he hasn't scored since April. And his team did have subsequent opportunities to equalise. Megumu Nishida and former Ehime defender Daisei Suzuki 
both going close. Final score though, Ehime 1, Nana 0. Three crucial points, if not a wholly convincing performance from Ehime, who stay third for the third straight week. Nana were top of the table at the start of May, but since then have the look of a team who have been found out. They're now fifth. At the SunPro Arwin Stadium, Matsumoto Yamaga eased past Kamatamari Senaki in one of those games where there appeared to be a divisions gap between the teams. Yutataki gave the home side the lead on a counter-attack shortly before half-time, racing down the left, cutting inside Kei Munechika and curling a delicious shot beyond Yusuke Imamura. Then Komatsu made it 2-0 on the hour. He's now scored in five straight games and has 12 for the season, taking advantage of Yudai Okuda's lamentable effort to deal with Yusuke Kikui's ball into the box and sending his header inside the post. Kamatamari only offered an attacking threat after Kaima Akahoshi had come on as a sub following Komatsu's goal. He went close with a couple of headers and the noodle boys Yuto Mori struck the bar with a volley in injury time. Final score Matsumoto 2, Senaki 0. A comfortable third straight win for Yamaga and a very welcome second clean sheet in a row sees them move up to fourth. An inevitability about the scoreline for Kamatamale, they stay 16th. When it comes to FC Imabari's game at Tegevajano Miyazaki, the big story is not a goal or the result, but the return to competitive football of Imabari forward Ralph Soinchens, who last played on the 4th of May 2022, the scorer in a 1-0 win at Fujieda MyFC. A short time later, a routine x-ray reveals the presence of a tumour in his shoulder since when Soinchins has undergone surgery and a lengthy period of recuperation. After 13 months out of the game, the 34-year-old was named as a sub for this match and he did make a late cameo appearance. No fairy tale winning goal though, and Imabari had to be satisfied with a draw despite having most of the play. As for Tegevajaro, they were reduced to 10 men early in the second half. Centre back Taishi Nishioka given a straight red when the referee adjudged him to have denied a goal scoring opportunity by bringing down Seigo Take. Eight minutes later, the visitors finally broke the deadlock. The scorer with his first pro goal, defender Ryota Ichihara, who had wandered upfield into the opposition penalty area, got himself on the end of Keishi Kusumi's through pass and poked it beyond the host's debutant keeper, Kokoro Aoki. The lead lasted only 10 minutes as Miyazaki pulled level thanks to a classic J3 defensive howler. Imabari keeper Genta Ito somehow failing to control a simple back pass, allowing the alert Harumi Minamino to steal in and score. Soinchins immediately after coming on got a header on target, but it was kept out by Aoki. Final score, Miyazaki 1, Imabari 1, Tegevajano somehow coming out of the match with a point, their third draw in a row, seeing them in 13th. Imabari under Riki Takagi too often unable to turn their attributes into winning performances. They're now down in 10th. Is there a glimmer of light for bottom side Girabants Kitakyushu? They put on an improved defensive display at Gainare Totori and the game was heading for a scoreless draw only for Sunflowers captain Ryosuke Tada to notch a precious goal in injury time. Yudai Nagano floated in across to the far post. Tada rose to meet it and his Hardly unstoppable header somehow bounced over home keeper Kota Ioka and in. With Giravance having barely ventured into the Gainari half all match, this was classic smash and grab stuff. 
Final score, Totori nil, Kidakushu one. Gainare, always likely to concede, but now they seem to have forgotten how to score only one goal in their last four matches. They're down to 18th. A second win and second clean sheet of the season for Gidavance. They remain bottom of the standings, but now only on goal difference. Then on Sunday the 18th, Kagoshima United kept pace with Toyama and Ehime by means of a last gasp away win at AC Nagano Paseiro, which in turn adds to the pressure currently being experienced by Yuki Stauf, whose Nagano side are on a run of four straight defeats. Another defensive blunder led to the opening goal here. Not sure why Parseiro forward Naoki Sander was five yards outside his own box, but before his back pass could reach teammate Takuya Akiyama, Junkie Goryo had raced in to intercept and guide it past homekeeper Kim Min-ho. That was just before the half hour, and the home side drew level midway through the second half. Corky Harada touching it off for Teru Andor, who wasn't closed down by the visiting defence, and whose 25-yard shot slipped past the unsighted Kenta Matsuyama. Seconds later, Nagano almost went in front as Kohei Shin headed Shoma Otoizumi's cross against the bar. But in the 89th minute, Yuji Kimura was the smoking volcano's hero, a blocked shot by Takumi Yamaguchi rebounding to him in space 25 yards out from where his sweetly struck volley gave Kim no chance. Final score, Nagano 1, Kagoshima 2. Remember when Stalf was coach at YSCC and there were questions about whether he could organise a defence? It might be time to ask those questions at Paseiro, who've dropped to eighth. Naoto Otake's side bounce back from last week's home loss to Hachinohe, but stay second. There are few more compelling sights in J3 than Ryo Kubota running with the ball at his feet and in the 28th minute of FC Gifu's home game against SC Sagamihana, Kubota's blistering sprint took him beyond Hayato Nukui and gave him space to crash a shot inside the post for 1-0. The struggling visitors fought hard to get back on level terms, Takumu Fujinuma forcing a point-blank save out of Shu Mogi, and on 37 minutes it was one apiece, Tsubasa Ando forcing it over the line after Mogi had parried Carlos Duke's volley. And the homekeeper was again in action to keep out the luckless Fujinuma early in the second half, this time tipping over a fiercely struck half-volley. At the other end, Junior Tanaka fired a close-range shot against the outside of the post, and then, with four minutes remaining, the home side stole a winner from nothing. Yuya Taguchi trying his luck from the corner of the area, his shot flying past Takahiro Koga to squeeze inside the far post. Final score, Gifu 2, Sagamihana 1. 13 points from the last five games for Yusaku Ueno's Gifu. They're up to sixth, their highest placing all season. Kazuyuki Tona's Sagamihara now 12 without a win, still 19th. FC Ryukyu were playing their first game since Tetsuhiro Kina's appointment as caretaker coach was made permanent. Kina may have earned seven points from the three games in which he was in temporary charge, but it all unravelled in a ten-minute spell either side of half-time at FC Osaka. Both sides had half chances in the opening period, but the hosts opened the scoring just before the break, as Shunsuke Tachino's long throw reached Naoki Tanaga, whose volley looped off the unfortunate Katsuya Nakano and in. Early in the second half, Kento Nishia almost made it 2-0 when his shot went just wide of the post, but moments later he finished with ease after intercepting Ryukyu keeper Danny Carvajal's pass to Shaw Hiramatsu. And it was game over on 54 minutes, the visiting defence simply overrun 
Tomoki Taniguchi centering for Ryui Tone to head in unchallenged. Mu Kanazaki headed against the bar, and Takuma Abe had a shot tipped over by Tatsunari Nagai as Kina's team looked for a consolation. Final score though, Osaka 3, Ryukyu 0. The home side's best results of the season, and a reminder, they came up from the JFL with a reputation as a team in the same mould as Iwaki FC, making the same transition. Osaka are now up to 7th. Ryukyu, without the defensive bite to compete, they drop back to 15th. Extraordinary game at Azul Claro Numazu, where the visitors were in form YSCC Yokohama without their J3 Player of the Month for May, Sho Fukuda, who was suspended. Not sure even Fukuda could have rescued his colleagues on this performance. YSCC fell behind on 38 minutes after keeper Jun Kodama had taken a short goal kick along the edge of his goal area to Takuya Fujiwara, who for some unfathomable reason bent down to stop the ball with his hand, as if he believed he himself was to take the goal kick and Kodama had merely been giving him the ball for that purpose. No dice, said referee Ryuhei Yamaguchi. That's a penalty to the presumed mortification of ex-Azul Claro defender Fujiwara, and Kyotamochi drove home the resulting spot kick. It was 2-0 early in the second half via a fine team move that ended when Mochi's exquisitely judged through ball was picked up by Yuma Mori, who raced into the area and fired an angled drive inside the far post. Soon afterwards, Hagami Wada flicked Mori's pass just wide as Numazu pushed for a third, while at the other end, Hiroto Domoto hit the bar after a superb piece of skill in the build-up from Shuntaro Koga. And YSCC did pull one back in the 73rd minute, when Koga's cutback somehow travelled all the way through to Yutaro Yanagi, who rifled in a low shot from the edge of the box. But... If I say that a couple of minutes later, Jun Kodama was 40 yards out of his goal and playing sweeper-keeper, you'll be unsurprised to learn that when YSCC's Daisuke Matsui was caught in possession in the centre circle, it ended badly for Kodama, caught in no man's land as Noah Kenshin Brown picked up the loose ball, sprinted past him and slotted into an empty net. Azul Claro almost scored twice more in injury time. Tatsuya Anzai shooting against the inside of the post. Naoki Sato fluffing a one-on-one following a quick counter. Final score, Numazu 3, YSCC 1. And I should credit Azul Claro for being clinical in punishing opposition errors when that's something they've often failed to do this season. Masashi Nakayama's team jump back up to 11th. YSCC's unbeaten run comes to an end in what must be pretty gut-wrenching circumstances for Kei Hoshikawa. They slip to 12th. And finally, Fukushima United continued their occasional and unpredictable habit of picking up comprehensive away wins, the latest example being in the Tohoku Derby at Vanrare Hachinohe. The opening goal came on 38 minutes, Hinoki Higuchi popping up at the near post to glance in Tomohiko Miyazaki's in-swinging corner. The game was won 10 minutes from time when Kosuke Tanaka sent in a cross from the left and Ryo Shiohama beat a static home defence to flick it in at the far post. Icing was then applied to cake when, miracle upon miracles, Shoki Nagano tapped into an open net after Kota Mori had done all the hard work. Regular listeners will have heard Nagano's name many times this year. This is his first league goal of the season. Final score, Hachinohe, nil, Fukushima, three. Vanarane coach Nobuhiro Ishizaki fielded the same side as won at Kagoshima last time out, but they were not at the races here. They fall to ninth. Young Hiroshi Omori caught the eye in midfield for Fukushima, for whom this was the most straightforward win of the season so far. They move up to 17th. (laughs) 
So now to run through the top and bottom of the league standings after round 14. The top six are Toyama with 27 points, Kagoshima and Ehime with 25, Matsumoto 24, Nana and Gifu 21. At the other end of the table, the bottom six are Ryukyu with 17 points, Sanuki with 16, Fukushima and Totori 15, Sagamihara and Kitakyushu 10. Listeners may notice that with just over a third of the season gone, there are four points separating the top six from the bottom six. Before I take a quick look ahead to the round 15 fixtures this weekend, just to mention I'm recording this episode prior to the Emperor's Cup second round ties between Iwate and Yokohama FC and between Ryukyu and Loaso Kumamoto being played on Wednesday the 21st. Coverage of those games in next week's episode. As for the league, all 10 games are being played on Saturday the 24th. Can leaders Toyama keep going their excellent home form against Hachinohe? In the chasing pack, there are good opportunities for Kagoshima to pick up points at home to Totori and for Ehime at home to Sagamihana. Meanwhile, Matsumoto head north to out-of-form Iwate. Can Nana bring to an end their winless streak as they host Numazu? Improving Gifu go to Fukushima. Within striking distance of the top six now, Osaka make the trip to YSCC. A must-win game for Nagano, perhaps. They're at bottom side Kitakyushu. There's a Shikoku derby at Imabari where the visitors are Sanuki. And finally, Ryukyu are at home to Miyazaki. With all the week's business seen to then, that's it for this mini-pod. All that remains is for me to say, thanks for listening, enjoy your football, and see you next time. Bye for now.